Parashat Beshalah. Let's go. Vayhi Beshalah Paro et Ha'am. And it was when Paro sent out the nation of Israel after the ten plagues. So the Pasuk says that Hashem <coughs> was careful where he directed Bnei Israel. So the Pasuk says, Velo Naham Elohim. Which means there was a road that Hashem could have taken them, which is the road of the land of the Pelishtim. Hashem did not take them down that road. Ki because it was a road that was very close to Egypt. Ki Amar Elohim, what's wrong with that road if it's close to Egypt? Hashem said, Pen Yinahem Ha'am. What does the word yinnahem mean? Yinnahem, regret. Maybe the people are going to regret. Bir otam milhama, when they see war. Veshavu mitzrayma. And they're going to go back to Mitzrayim. So he didn't want them to be in a place that would be too close. Says Rashi, very important Rashi yesterday, what we're discussing, for now at least. Pen yinnahem. So what's going to happen again? They're on this road that's close to Mitzrayim. They're going to see war. The Egyptians are going to come behind them. After they sent them out, they're going to come after them, which that's what happened. Pen yinnahem, says Rashi. Yahshevu mahshava. Which means they're going to have a thought, al sheyatsu. They're going to have regrets that they left. I mean, they were slaves, they weren't having a great time there. But now they're going to see the Egyptian powerful army coming behind them to destroy them. They may have thoughts of regret that they left. They might. Say, ah, oh, I wish we just stayed there. And they might have thoughts of going back. If you notice, this Rashi is explaining not so much that the worry is that they're going to go back. The focus of the Pasuk is not because we're afraid they're going to go back. Rather, Hashem says, Pen They may regret leaving and they may have thoughts of wanting to go back. Why are we so caught up with them having regrets and having thoughts to go back? Why not just say that we're afraid they might go back? You follow? The Pasuk doesn't say that Hashem was worried they may go back. It says, Pen ha'am. Maybe they'll have regrets and think about going back. Why is that the problem? Seemingly, it's a technical problem. You don't want to put them in a certain place where they may go back. Why are we so focused about their regretting and wanting to go back? So I want to make you familiar with a very important principle in life. Maybe, probably something you haven't heard. And the best place 
probably to learn it is from one of the most important events in the history of the Jewish people is the event of the Akedah. When Abraham Avinu, at the age of 137, he was asked to sacrifice his only son, Yitzhak. So I'd like to share with you something on that story. So you know this, we all know the story, what happened. He took him to sacrifice him, and in the end, the angel of Hashem told him, don't do it. And he, instead of sacrificing him, he sacrificed a ram. And that was the end of the story. But the Midrash says, this is in Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer. I'm going to read you a Midrash. That after the Akedah, after the story, because we know, if you look in the Torah, you'll see right after the Akedah, we have the next parasha is Parashat Hayes Sarah, which talks about the death of Sarah. It's right next to each other. The Akedah and the death of Sarah Imenu. Says Perked Rabbi Eliezer, there's a connection. It says that after the Akedah, Baha Satan le Sarah, the Satan, which means the Yetzara, came to Sarah. I don't know how he came. Maybe he came in the form of a, a woman. Maybe he came in the form, I don't know what exactly. He has different ways. He's an angel that has a job to do, and he'll figure it out. But bottom line is, the Satan came to Sarah Imenu after the Akedah. Now remember, Sarah had no clue where Abraham Avinu was going. He thought, she thought he's going with his son to go teach him service of God. He was taking him to yeshiva for a few days. She didn't know what they were doing. So she was waiting for them to come back home. The Satan came to Sarah. Ve'amarla. And he says to Sarah, Imenu. Sarah. Lo shamat ma ba'olam. He says to her. You didn't hear? What's going on in the world? You're not up to date? Current events? Amrale laughs. She says, no, I don't know what you're talking about. What current events? What happened? Amrala, he says to her, He says, your old man, your husband, he took Yitzhak, and he sacrificed him for a korban. And your son was crying. And he was all going, you know, very, very upset, crying that he wasn't able to save himself. Immediately, Sarah cried. <clears throat> Some say, if you notice in the Midrash, it didn't say she cried when she heard that he was offered for a korban. He didn't, the Malach didn't just say, oh, your son got killed. He, your, your, father, your husband killed him. That, that's not what happened. After he told her that, he, she, he said to her, he knew where to get her. 
He says, and your son was crying, kicking and screaming that he didn't want. That was definitely a lie. They're both lies. A, A, he never got killed. And B, he definitely wasn't kicking and screaming. When Sarai Menu heard that her son Yitzhak was kicking and screaming not to be sacrificed, that was the reason why she cried. It wasn't only because, or maybe not at all because, he was actually sacrificed. Anyway, bottom line is, she cried. She cried three cries. And bottom line, And she died. That interaction, whoever that was that came to give her the news, he, he clothed himself, the Yetzirah clothed himself in someone. He gave her this news, and she cried, and she died. You could just imagine. Ba Avraham Avinu, Says the, says the Midrash, Avraham Avinu comes home after the greatest act that he ever did in his life. He comes home waiting to see his wife. He heard she died. He heard someone gave her the news. Obviously, if she died, he checked what happened. Why'd she die? So he found, what happened, found out what happened. And the Pasuk says, Vayavo Avraham. Avraham came. Instead of being received by his wife, he came to a Levaya and he came Lispod le Sarah. He came to eulogize Sarah, Velip Kota, and to cry. Now, there's a few questions on that. Usually you cry and then you eulogize. Why does it say it backwards? Why does it say he came to eulogize Sarah and to cry? And if you look in the Torah, you'll see in the word Veliv Kota that the Chaf is small. It's not the size of the regular word of Veliv Kota. The Chaf is a tiny Chaf. So the question is, why is it out of order? Why did he first eulogize and then cry? And why is the crying Chaf in a small letter. This story of the Satan needs a little thought. We got to think together. We're only going to be able to learn the depth of anything when we give proper time to think. If you go to classes, if you go to learn, and you only get the core subject, and the basic idea, and you walk away, so you've done something good, but you haven't done something that's really worthwhile, and something great. Because part of the greatness of learning is to give the proper attention to what you're learning. It's not about the answer. It's about the process of working it through. So we need to take a little bit of time now, and we need to think about what's going on here. Besides the two questions I just asked you on the Lispod Kota, besides those, there's a question that we need to think to ourselves. You know, the, the Yetzer Hara 
is not a uh, angry, horrible creation. His creation was a for a very holy reason. In fact, the Midrash says when that when Hashem saw after the sixth day what He made, it says He saw everything He made. Vehine tov meod. He says, wow, it's very good. The Midrash says, Tov Me'od is the Yetzirah. Yetzirah is not angry with us. Yetzirah is not trying to destroy us. And the opposite. The Yetzirah is a Malach, is an angel that was created to give us eternity, to give us a great life. The way he does it is by giving us the ability to have free choice. By luring us into the wrong things. By putting the wrong ideas in our head. By giving us the feeling that we should be lazy and we shouldn't wake up. By letting us have a desire to go to the wrong place or to say the wrong things. If not for Him, then we wouldn't do anything. Because whatever we would do would be, would be robotic. So basically it would be the maker of us who did it. We would have nothing to do. We didn't, we didn't do anything. We would do everything perfect, but it wouldn't be us. It would be the manufacturer. The same way when you have a, a good computer or a good machine, you don't thank the computer or the machine because you know the machine or computer did nothing. It's the manufacturer that gets the credit. So too, without the Yetzirah, our actions would be useless. It would be someone else doing them, not us. So what gives value to everything we do in life is because we have a Yetzirah that is luring us away from doing it, and therefore when we actually choose to do it, it's our choice, it's what we did, it's what we accomplished. I can only say, I woke up this morning to pray and to learn. I can only say those words, I woke up this morning and I learned and I did kindness and I respected my parents, I can only say that word because it's a Yetzirah that's basically making it hard for me to do it. Then I could say, I did it. So the Yetzirah is a tremendous kindness. The Yetzirah is not angry with you. He's your biggest helper. He's trying to make your life worth living. So therefore he comes in and he makes it hard for you so that it could be your choice. So, so the Yetzirah, yes, he is there to lure us into bed, but the overall purpose is not a bad thing. He loves you. He loves you in the sense that he needs to do everything he's doing so that what you do is meaningful. So that what's going on over here? Hashem gave Abraham Avinu a very big test. A test of going to kill his son. As we know, and we read this in Tashlich on Rosh Hashanah, we read over there, Midrashim, Hazal tell us how when Abraham Avinu went to sacrifice his son, it wasn't easy. Just know in life, if something is going too easy, you should look into it. It may not have holy roots. Because holy things usually don't go easy. It's a, it, 
when you're, when you're facing some difficulty in your life in certain areas, probably you're in a good place. You have to always check, of course. I don't mean it as a rule. But usually things of real value are not easy. To learn Torah, for example, is not easy. To be a drug addict is very easy. To be humble is not so easy. To be arrogant is normal. To be selfish is very easy. To be giving is not so easy. Usually things that are easy are not that good. In order to do good, you have to go through different battles. So what's going to happen in the greatest event of Abraham Avinu's life when he's going to sacrifice his son, which would put Am Yisrael on the map till today, till today, every day and every Rosh Hashanah, when we need Hashem's compassion, we need to recall this great act of Abraham Avinu. You know how awesome that act was? You think the Yetzirah is just going to let him go? So it says over there that he clothed himself, this Yetzirah, into a river. And he made Abraham's trip very difficult. I don't know all the details, but the point is, you can just imagine, he made storms, he made tornadoes, he made the water be in his way, he had to go in the water. It says, which means the, the water reached up all the way to his, to his nose, he couldn't breathe anymore. Abraham Avinu had, during this, this trip of the Akedah, he had many reasons to say, you know something? I can't do this. It's too much. Look, okay, I, I wanted to do it. How many times in your life have you said you wanted to do something? And then you started, you saw it wasn't so easy. You know what? I tried. Not for me. Abraham Avinu had many chances on this trip to go kill his son to say, not for me. I can't do it. I tried. What do you I woke up early. I, I did my best. I just keep getting hit. It must be a sign from Shamaim that I really shouldn't do this. How many times have you said that? Right? I, I try to wake up in the morning to go learn, but every time I wake up in the morning, I get hit with something else. Must be Mina Shamaim that Hashem doesn't want me to learn. Must be, doesn't want me to do this. That, that, that's what we think. And Abraham Avinu persisted and he went and he did what he had to do. That Yetzir Hara, we understand. The Yetzir Hara that came to make the Akedah difficult, we understand. What is the goal of the Yetzir Hara? That he's coming to Sarah Imenu after this man finished his test. He did the right thing. Why is he coming to Sarah and telling her, first of all, this fake news, this lie? What is he? Uh, he's upset? He's taking uh, revenge? He tells Abraham, oh, you know what? You beat me? I'm going to get your wife. Come on. What's going on here? What is the Goal of the Satan. The man already did the Akedah. He already passed with flying colors. It's over. So all along you try to make it hard for him. Okay. What's your goal now? You want you want the Sarai Menu and you killed his wife? What are you, what are you doing? 
Let me tell you a very relevant idea in our lives that may be more common than you imagine. And I want to tell you the Torah's perspective on such a position. When a person regrets something good that they did, that erases the good and its effects. When you regret, I'll tell you, it's very, very common. You take care of your children, you spend hours and days taking care of them, and one day they either gave you too much of a hard time, or maybe they did something that made you upset. And you say to yourself, ah, all those years I spent helping them. This is what I get. I wish I never had this. Uh, you have to know. A regret. All those years of kindness, of raising a child, that's tremendous hesed that you did. If you regret something that you did good in your life, you have to know that regret is capable of erasing the good and its effects. Whatever effects come out of good, erase it. You get involved in an organization. You want to get involved in a shul. You want to get involved in the yeshiva. You want to get involved in a project of helping people. How many times a person got involved in something? He got into it, L'Shem Shamaim, he's pure, he wants to help, he wants to do. And like everything else in Kedushah, there's going to be issues. All of a sudden, you come to help, another guy wants to help also, but doesn't want to help like you want to help. And now there's a whole discussion, and now you get all upset, and now he guy's threatening you, and all of a sudden, you're threatened. And he says, hey, you know what? I feel terrible, I even got into this. Regret. I regret that I did this. You gave money. And you regret giving the money because you saw in your bank account that uh, this year wasn't as good as the year before. You know, so you gave the money thinking you're going to make a lot of money this year. You didn't make so much money. So you regret the money that you gave. A person could wake up in the morning, go to pray, go to Minyan, and come back home and some accident took place, God forbid. It's, ah, if I wouldn't have went to if I wouldn't have went to shul, uh, maybe I could have uh, done you know I could have saved that situation. There are many many situations in life where a person does something good and then can end up regretting it. The power of regret is that it's capable of erasing. What happened and all of its good effects. That's why we say, Hasera Satan, we pray to Hashem to help us with the Yetzerah. Which Yetzerah? The ones that comes that comes before us, and the one that comes after us. 
So the one before us, we all know. We're all familiar with that one. He doesn't want you to do it. But what's the Yetzirah after us? So the Yetzirah after us is the one that wants you to make you feel bad. Yes, you learned, you did a good thing, but you missed out. You could have made more money that day. Yes, you kept Shabbat this week, but the guy who didn't keep Shabbat, he was able to find a great deal. And if you would have been also there, you could have been the same way. Ah, you didn't go on vacation to the wrong place. But then you come back and you hear a guy who did go and had a great time. Ah, I missed it. I blew it. I wish I, wish I would have went there. Now, many, 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 many examples where a person can do the right thing. Again, the guy who didn't do the right thing, he already fell in the first Yetzirah. But you could do the right thing in life and then end up losing everything when you regret what you did good. A Yetzirah, a type of Yetzirah comes after the fact to make you feel bad about what you did. That's what happened with Abraham Avinu. He tried to get him not to do the Akedah. He didn't succeed. What? Now the Yetzirah comes after. So you know what? Maybe I can get him to erase what he did good. You know, in one way, the one after is worse. Because if you didn't do good, you may still have a desire to do good. You just fell to the Yetzirah. But if you did good, and now you regretted it, it's even worse. The likelihood of doing it again, after you regretted doing it, is not very high. So Abraham Avinu gets attacked. He's, okay, I couldn't stop him, but maybe I can erase this great event in the history of the Jewish people. How do I erase it? Let me get an outcome that's going to come as a result of this great sacrifice, Abraham will hear, oh, I can't believe it. After what I did, my wife died. He may regret what he did. He could say, he could say, that's what you get for doing such a great act. You lose your wife. If I didn't go, if I didn't do that, she would have been alive. I wish I didn't go. He would have had thoughts of regret. And that would erase the Akedah. We can no longer say, Oh, Hashem, remember us because of the Akedah. They have to erase it from the books. And they'll tell the guy erasing, Why are you erasing? He did the Akedah. No, 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 it was erased. When was it erased? Oh, Abraham Avinu, he regretted it. So even though he did it, he regretted it. It is not there anymore. Unbelievable. That's why it says, that's why it says, Abraham Avinu was mitgaber. He understood this reality. And if he came to cry, he would have given the impression to the people out there that he regretted. He wanted to make sure not only he felt that way, that he wouldn't give off the wrong message. You know, in life, you have to be not only worried about yourself, you have to be worried about how people look at things. Yes, people say, does it matter what they say? Yes, of course it matters. Because you're supposed to be a walking Sefer Torah. People are supposed to learn from you. And don't teach the wrong things. 
You have responsibility. Avraham Avinu, if he would cry the way he's supposed to cry, then it may have given the impression that he regretted what he did. The man is so upset, he's crying. People already guessing what's in his mind. That's why it says, He came to eulogize first. And even when he cried, was a small half. He, smiled, he cried a little bit. Not the cry of a person who regrets whatever he did. Not that kind of cry. A cry enough for someone that passed away. I want to ask you a question. So how does this work? Let's think about how does this work? Regretting something? This may sound a little bit like hard to understand, eh? Some people might even get upset by it. You'll hear that and say, what? I, did the, I went and I almost sacrificed my son. And now because I regretted it, so it gets erased? Where, where's the... Where, where is the kindness in that? Where, where is the, what, the, the creator is on my team or he's fighting me? Why, why would he do that? Why would the creator of the world, after I regret something, why would he erase it? People would get very upset with that. It sounds like that, that the creator is out to get you. You know, Hashem is all kindness. Why would he do that to me? Why would the creator of the world who just wants us to be matzliah and to be successful, why would he create such a reality that even after he did good, that he makes the power of regret, that it's able to erase what you did? Would you do, would you do that to your children? Would you give your children the opportunity to do something good for themselves? And then after they did it and they worked and they struggled and they figured it out, you put something there like a like a like a like a hole, like a like a like a like a stumbling block where they fall in the boat. Why would you do that? Your son went, he studied, he went to medical school, he studied for 10 years, he worked hard, he didn't sleep for 10 years, he did everything. He became a doctor. And then you put him a little a little uh situation where he's able to go into it and erase all those 10 years. Why, why would you do that? Why would the creator of the world create such a reality that after what a person is... Imagine this, this a guy could accomplish 50 years you could be on a shul committee. 50 years! You built, you worked, you helped and after 50 years... Something happened, you know? He says, I wish I didn't do this. Oh my goodness. What are you doing? You raised 50 years. You know how many times that can happen in our lives? Why would the creator do that? Okay, the fact that you regret, we understand. But why would the creator give regret such a powerful effect? That it's able to erase years and years of accomplishment. Years and years of work. I want to tell you. I want to tell you about something very powerful that Hashem created. It's called the power of regret. 
Hashem doesn't create anything to hurt us. Hashem creates only to help us. Regret is one of the necessary creations. Its power is very necessary because without it, we would be in big trouble. There would be no teshuvah. I mean, look, you could make teshuvah. A guy, his whole life is doing averot. One day he wakes up and he realizes that he messed up. He's been stealing for 50 years. He's been cursing 50 years. He's been angry 50 years. He hasn't, he's ignored his obligations. He's been selfish. He hasn't been learning. He hasn't been doing the right things. One day he wakes up and he says, you know, it's, listen, it happens to all of us. Who, who's not a Baal Teshuvah? Which person here, which person do you know hasn't made Teshuvah? Which person was born perfect? That we could say, oh, me, I don't need, I'm, I'm good. Nobody. We all had a journey in life. Whether your journey started at 13, or it started at 30, or starting at 60. It doesn't make a difference. But nobody's able to say, my life has been a perfect life. Anyone who tells you my life is perfect, that is the biggest imperfection. And you know the guy is messed up. Your life is perfect. How could you be perfect? We all have things that we need to fix. What happens when a person, after 50 years, 60 years, 30 years, realizes that they've caused their soul tremendous damage? You've eaten the wrong things. You've... You dress the wrong way, you talk the wrong way, you're watching the wrong things, you're involved in the wrong things. The older Lashonarat you've spoken, the amount of damage you caused. You know, each time we do something that's spiritually wrong, it hurts our soul. Averot are not just, oh, oh, you didn't do it, okay, no big deal. No, no, it's, it's a real thing. Meaning when, when we don't do something right, it's not just, oh, you didn't listen to Hashem. Okay, that's okay, it's a bad thing. But it's much more than that. When you don't do something right, there is a real cause of your neshama. Something's happening. When you speak Lashon Hara, God forbid, you're hurting your soul. Just like if you're wearing a beautiful shirt and you have a stain on it. It looks very ugly. A person who speaks evil or speaks horrible things about his friend is hurting his soul. It's not hurting the other guy. Besides that, you're hurting yourself more. Anytime we do something that is not appropriate, it is damaging our neshama. So a guy wakes up after 30 years and realizes his soul is, is, is all full of stains. Now what? Tell I'm sorry, it's irreparable. Listen, God can forgive you. God can forgive you. Meaning, the part that you didn't listen to him, someone doesn't listen to me, and he comes to me after 30 years, and says, listen, for 30 years I've ignored you. My son comes to me, says, Dad, 30 years, all I did is ignore you. I didn't care about what you said. Please could you forgive me? If I see he's sincere and he's real, I might forgive him. Okay. That, that's okay, that's normal. That could happen. But could you undo the damage? A guy goes to the doctor. He tells him, listen, you can't eat tomatoes. 
No tomatoes, no tomato sauce, nothing. No tomato paste, no tomatoes for you. The day you eat tomatoes, you're going to die. I'm just telling you. But what about pizza? No pizza. You can't have tomatoes. Want to have pizza without tomatoes? Okay. He loves tomatoes, the guy. What should he do? Life and death. He says, doctor, I love you. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm going to do my best. Do his best. Step by step. So he goes on a day, a week, a month. He's doing great. He's controlling himself. His wife's not buying tomatoes. Everything is good. One day, he's at the dinner with his friends. And they order not a pizza. They order like this awesome looking pizza. Very, very, very like. And it didn't have a lot of tomato sauce, a little bit. It wasn't so much. So he's sitting there and he's dying. He's dying. He can't. He smells it. They're all eating it. And they're... Finally, he says, you know what? How, how bad could it be? You know, we, we spoke about the etzera. He puts safik, he puts a doubt. Takes a little piece, he puts it in his mouth. A minute later, the guy's on the floor. They're calling Hatzalah, call the doctor. This doctor comes to the emergency room. The guy's on life support. Doctor looks at him and says, What'd you do? What'd you do? Did, did you eat? Did you have tomatoes? He says, Doctor, I know, I know. I'm so sorry I didn't listen to you. Please forgive me. Please, I'm so sorry. I did. Please forgive me, please. Doctor says, I forgive you wholeheartedly. Oh, thank you, Doctor. Okay, when do I leave here? He says, What do you, he says, what do you mean? You're not leaving here. You, you're going to die. What? What are you talking about? But you forgave me. I could forgive you for not listening to me. But I can't change the reality that tomato sauce is going to destroy you. I can't undo what you ate. You killed somebody. You can't undo that. You said Lashorara. You can't undo that. You mehalel Shabbat. You can't undo that. You can't undo things that already happened. A doctor can't undo what you did. So how does, how does Teshuvah work? As far as not listening to Hashem, that part, that Hashem can forgive you, no problem. But to go and erase 30 years of stains, 30 years of Lashon Hara, 30 years of Hilul Shabbat, 30 years of Kashrut, 30 years of Tzniyut, 30 years of... How? Impossible. It's impossible to erase something that happened. You know what Hashem did? He created something to help us. He created the power of regret. Regret is when you feel bad. You feel bad that you did something. Regret doesn't mean you're depressed. People think that you make teshuva, you have to look, look depressed. Regret means you realize how much you missed out, how much you lost. Like we say in the Anna, we say, I'll, I'll read it to you, very important words. After we say vidui, after we have confession, we say, look at these words. 
וסרנו ממצוותיך וממשפטיך הטובים. We say, we admit that we, we swayed from your mitzvot. The good mitzvot. Velo shavalanu. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. I messed up my life. I messed up my soul. I messed up my marriage. I messed up my children. I messed up my eternity. I could have been so much greater. I could have done so much more in my life. I was held back by, because I veered. You gave me all the right channels to go, and I didn't do it. I went to my own channels. You said, go to channel five, I opened channel four. You said, don't, don't open four, I opened four. Now what? what? What happens to all that damage? Where does it go? Can a person undo what he did? Answer is, yes. It's called regret. It's called regret. The power of regret. Hashem gave regret. Regret could have been just, could have just been, I feel bad. I regret it. Okay. No. Hashem put in regret the power to erase. Why? So that a person can make teshuvah and erase everything that he's ever done. If you're sincere and you regret what you've done in your life, could you imagine? 50 years of Hilul Shabbat. Erase. People think sometimes, but I've done so much in my life. There's no way. There's no turning back. It's not true. It takes one regret and everything is erased. A real sincere regret. You have to remember that. Now, the, so now, Hashem created the power of regret. Problem is, Hashem cannot create something that could only be used for the good and not for the bad. Hashem doesn't do good or bad. That's our choice. What He does is He, he creates energy and we must use it for the good, not for the bad. Hashem could not create this power of regret for the good without giving it the power for the bad. Because Hashem gives us free choice. He only creates Hashem doesn't decide good or bad. That's your choice. He gives you an energy. You have to know where to direct it. So he gave the power of regret, the energy to erase. You have to decide how you're going to use it. He couldn't give it to you only in one way, not the other. Because that would be getting involved in the world of good and bad. Hashem creates energy, and then you have to go and use it the right way. So one more time. We learned today about a very powerful, very powerful koah that we have inside of us. The power of regret. The power of regret is awesome when it's coming to regret anything bad that you did. If you sincerely regret, erase. Not there anymore. You're a new man, like the Rambam says. The guy makes a shuvah. He's a new person. You're not the same guy anymore. But at the same time, you can misuse it. You could take that regret and misuse it by regretting the kindness you did for your wife. Ah, look what I did for her. Now look what she did. I regretted that. Oh, erased. Regretting what you did for your children. If I bought them a house, that's the way they act to me. I wish I didn't buy them a house. What? 
You did the biggest kindness. You raised it. I got involved in the shul committee. I helped. I did. I'm a rabbi. I was teaching. You know, my students, they all turned their back on me. I wish I didn't teach. You're teaching for 30 years. You didn't wish you didn't teach. So many times in life, we do something, and by the way, the answer doesn't make you regret it right away. He waits for you to accumulate. Why, why, why does he have to waste your time? Every time he does something good, it makes you regret. He makes you work, work in shul for 30 years. Doesn't, not after one day. After one day, is a, it's a waste of his time. He makes you work for 30 years. He gives you one incident, and he can erase all 30 years. You have to know that. That a person works and works and works, and one thing, one regretful moment with his kids, with his family, with his kindness, with his charity, with his tefillot, with his learning, with one regretful moment erases years. Just like it erases years of bad, it can erase years of good. Be careful not to fall in that trap. Now we understand why the focus of the Torah is not that they're going to go back. You know, leaving Egypt was a huge, powerful, awesome experience. The Ten Makot, the leaving Bayat Hazakah. Our nation till today is together because of this exodus. The night of Pesach is all about sitting with our children and telling them where our strength comes from. Our history began right here. When we left Mitzrayim, the way Hashem took us out, imagine how much greatness came from that exodus. If they would leave Egypt, we're not worried they go back. That's also a problem, but they, you don't, they don't have to go back to create a problem. If they just regret and say, you know, we were happy in Mitzrayim. I mean, we weren't doing great, but at least we weren't going to die. We were slaves. Rashi says, Rashi saying, not they're going to return, but they're going to think about returning. Already that alone destroyed all the great things that they experienced in Mitzrayim when they say, ah, I wish we went back. This is a tremendous, tremendous piece of information that a person should keep in his database for the good to erase the bad and for the bad to make sure you're careful not to regret th things that you've invested so many years in. This is a very big avodah that all of us have to be careful from. Like I told you, the yetzerah that comes before, that comes all the time. Every time you do something good, he's there. The one that comes after, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily come every time you do something. He waits for you. He waits for the right time till you accumulate and accumulate and accumulate. And then one day he says, ah, delete it. That's uh, something that every person needs to think about. Like I said, it's not going to happen every day in your life. But be careful of those moments not to regret the great things that you've accomplished in your life. It's a beautiful point. I assume yes. You know what he said? Just, he says, could you regret a regret? I mean, I regretted what I did in the shul for 30 years, but you know what? I now regret that I regretted that. You get it back? Yeah, I like that. I love that. I, I, I didn't see it in any books, but I, assume, I don't see why it shouldn't work. Why not? I like that also.
Okay, let's uh, let's let's bring back all the regrets. Yeah. But it has to be sincere. Baruch Amen.